1: The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart.
0: With our fighting spirit,
1: we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go, we go, go, go. Here we go Here we go Here we go <laughs> I making, 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 making me it making, making me it make me it 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 Without oh, the What's up, y'all? Kofi Kingston here, and I would love to have a drink with Wrestling on the Rocks, depending on what that drink is, preferably non-alcoholic, you know. How's it going? I'm Warrior, James. Soda. I would love to have a drink with Wrestling on the Rocks. Maple syrup. Turner. I will never have a drink with Wrestling on the Rocks.
2: Welcome to Wrestling on the Rocks, episode one. Again, Cody lost and there's nothing to be happy about in wrestling ever again. With me today to be a dick about it, we got Bishop.
0: Yes, um, you know, the rumors are not true, um, I might not. (laughs) I do not have the biggest one, but I am the biggest one. (laughs) Dude, check this out. (laughs) I got this at WrestleMania. It's fucking awesome. Are you kidding
2: me? Isn't this the coolest shit? Here's the thing that made me the most mad about this, right? So (laughs) when when you go to the Access shop at WrestleMania, we were out there for L.A. If you listen to Medusa's podcast, Queen of Carnage on YouTube, uh, well, I mean, it's YouTube.com slash Queen of Carnage, but it's called Paving the Way and Trash Talk. We talked a little bit about WrestleCon and the WrestleMania weekend. Uh, if you listen to John Arezzi's podcast, Wrestling Spotlight, I've talked a little bit about my trip out there. Uh, but we haven't been here in the dive bar of the IWC to talk about all of it. But when you go to the Access Shop at, in L.A. for Mania, every single purchase, <laughs> they gave you a free Cinnamon Toast Crunch what? Lucha mask. This was free. What? I bought. I went there just to get one item, an Andy Kaufman T-shirt with a WWE logo on it. Because how fucking cool! And when I got right. there, they also had a Tim White shirt from the Hall of Fame, and it was uh, it was just a great picture of him in a ref shirt and it said Tim White Hall of Fame. And I said, all right, I'm getting two things. I got those, and as I was in line, I was seeing people walk away with this mask, and I, as soon as I get to the front, I was all like, where were those? crazy masks! i'm seeing everyone has what was those cinnamon toast crunch things and she goes oh yeah they're all right here we give them to you for free as soon as you buy something and i was like oh my god load me up with as many as they will let you give me you know what you know yeah you get the one but i was like this is amazing plus here was my thought and i'm sure it's theirs we know one match during mania is going to be sponsored by cinnamon toast crunch right everyone's going to put their mask on and there's going to be a sea of cinnamon toast crunch out there <laughs> I didn't see one goddamn Cinnamon Toast Crunch match in the entire mask in the entire
0: crowd the in- the whole weekend. They, they they should have advertised it uh, on the mask itself, you know, like yeah. that this would be part of Ray and Dom in some way. Cause that's, I mean, well, we can get into that whenever, but uh, had they done that, yeah, fuck yeah. Um, or they should have done the thing instead of there, do it at the stadium before um you know the day of that match i don't remember if it was day one or day two it's been so long but I yeah mean, maybe that's when awesome. they
2: handed it out they could have said hey they're really hoping that you guys wear this during ray mysterio's match right and people would have gone right. like oh shoot they do okay how many of us total shills and marks would have been like wwe wants me to do that i've got your back wwe
0: <laughs> yeah, half of them, half of. The I mean? other half would have told them to go fuck themselves and throw them out. But yes, I agree with exactly. you Exactly.
1: But that's what I yeah. mean half, yeah. of <laughs> half of them would have.
0: Half of them would have. Yeah. I think yeah, it's I awesome. I can't believe this. It's
2: amazing. I was taking selfies with it with producer lady. She's very uncomfortable and angry
0: about it. That's awesome. I think
2: this makes me and Marv the she greatest the in all time. She should have been the
0: one wearing it. She doesn't like to show her face. She wouldn't. She wouldn't. It's but I said this is perfect. Part. Yeah. That's what I said.
1: Yeah, producer crunch it, lady
0: come
2: on yeah she doesn't get it dude but it was so cool i was like in a bad mood thinking i wasn't gonna get one by the time i left right <laughs> that's how excited i was when i saw it so that's cool, awesome dude. it's insane and it's
0: like just
2: to get more no i thought about it and i thought about getting one. mr Amanda jane was out there and i was i was all like what are you gonna do with your mask <laughs> Right. <laughs> I mean, even the back's got a big WWE logo with cinnamon crunch on it. Like they're oh, it's amazing. They're not goofing around, dude. And it's really good quality, to be honest. And this is gonna sound dickish. This is better quality mask than the Rey Mysterio mask I bought from them from the 2019 Rumble. There you go. That mask was like really flimsy and weird. I mean, it's not bad, bad or anything.
0: But that was gonna like, last forever. This one's hefty, dude. It was incredible. <laughs>
2: Just it's incredible amazing. work.
0: My, I tell you, uh, and I'll just say it now. My favorite part about that match being sponsored by Cinnamon Toast Crunch is that the people who were mad about it being sponsored by Cinnamon Toast Crunch didn't watch the match because if you watch the match, you can barely tell it's sponsored by Cinnamon Toast Crunch.
2: Yeah, you have no idea.
0: You have no idea. <laughs> like every once in a while, you actually see it on the sides and everything. And go, oh yeah, that's right. Wait, is this sponsored by Cinnamon Toast Crunch? Because they didn't even say it like they have before. Like when uh, on the way out. Ray see
2: Mysterio it? walks by and high fives a giant cinnamon toast crunch, which was actually Sol Ruka from NXT. We found out, which I thought mm. was so funny.
0: Uh, and then made well, me wonder I had why tears didn't... in my eyes from his entrance, so I couldn't see that happening. You know what I mean?
2: Really? Oh, yeah, yeah, the Eddie stuff, and yeah, that was good. That was good. Uh, but yeah, it was, uh, it yeah. apart from him high-fiving a giant Cinnamon Toast Crunch, which when I found out it was so rude, I was like, why didn't the Cinnamon Toast Crunch do a backflip? You know what I mean? like, right. I <laughs> <look> good now.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but yeah, other than that, I think the Ring Post said it, and I didn't even notice it. Yeah. I had forgotten it was Cinnamon Toast Crunch, because at the end of the, the whole thing, I was like, I thought, why did they give us these masks? Why? I thought there was going to be a thing. And then I remember seeing the one crunch. Yeah. That was it, man. That was it. They didn't do a whole lot with it. It was not as intensely obvious as the pitch black match.
0: Right. Right. Oh. or even even as promoted as the boogs in Nakamura, uh, Mike's half and half the that they did the year before, like as as they were walking oh, yeah, yeah. down the ramp during the rent- entrance, they were they were, you know, doing the plug for it and everything. Like you said, like apart from the high five and the occasional graphic, you know. Yeah.
2: No, that's it. Uh well, I'm not gonna review a bunch of stuff because it's been like a month and I'm still kind of sick. So we're gonna talk kind of overall review stuff. Uh, I guess one of the big things that happened news wise was Endeavor, the Endeavor thing. They're they're encompassing WWE and UFC. They're going to have what I think is the most fun part is they're going to create a new name. Or the Endeavor portion of the company that encompasses UFC and WWE. And I think that that's going to be fun to watch what they name it. Because I have a feeling it's going to make no sense. Uh, but yeah, that was a big deal. It was a really big deal. And when you, when you kind of see it happen that way, I was wondering how much
0: of that was has been in motion for a while. It seems like it. It seems like it's been in motion for a very long time because they've spent a lot of time together. Uh, if you remember, what was it, SummerSlam last year or yeah. uh, Royal Rumble last year? Whenever Pat McAfee was attacked by Baron Corbin, and then they go to, excuse me, they go to UFC that night or whatever. He's got the neck brace on and shit, like. Yeah. Um, and they've had a long-standing relationship, at least business-wise, on a, a mutual level. You know, uh, the yeah. real Forbidden Door. You know, allowing Brock Lesnar to fight for real. Um, but yeah, to your point, I saw that they're going to change the ticker symbol from WWE to, uh, TKO. And this is, look, I didn't read a lot on it and there's not actually not a lot to read on it, but what I read and what I saw, it's more of a merger and acquisition than an outright sell because WWE stock is going to migrate to this new TKO symbol in this new TKO company. And there's still 59% of what Endeavor's secondary company is going to be. So whatever that name is, is going to uh, encompass 49% of WWE. So basically they took the entire thing and Endeavor is now the thing that owns that thing. That's yeah. it because it's now also 51% UFC. So I, I don't really understand the, The marks of it all, you know, in that wrestling terminology with the, oh, I can't believe Vince sold. Vince didn't sell. He didn't sell. He was he was acquired in a merge. Well, look, it's the two percent that does it right. It's he what he did was he he got value for the company. Without voting rights, but he still owns what he owns. He didn't get nine point three billion dollars. To now go work for that new company, you know what I'm saying? Like it's a merger that he still he kind owns of does the same amount the of part as he does before. No, no he I mean, does. He does, but not with, not while getting paid at the same time. Is what I'm saying. Like no, he when, didn't get
2: paid to walk away, but he did that, get paid to have a boss. There are people who can make executive decisions above him now.
0: I, I again, I don't disagree, but it's within the the merging of the companies. So, for instance, Dana White got paid when Endeavor bought UFC for $4 billion, right? Yep. He got paid for his ownership share that he had with the Mm Fertittas. Then they go, hey, we need you to come work for us. Okay, Mm -hmm. fucking right. I'm going to do that. That's not what happened here. Because Vince McMahon still owns the same part of the private equity stock that he would of WWE. He still owns that that didn't get bought from him he still owns that portion of it so if the entity if he wants to buy back the entity of wwe he has to give endeavor 9.3 billion dollars but it's not yeah, like he was given account. 9.3 billion you know what i mean yeah so it's not it's not exactly a sell but he did sell the rights to the company if that makes sense cuz it's more of a merge together he still owns 49% of this new company. WWE still owns 49% of this new company. Yeah, which is not if, the if that makes sense. sense. Right, right, right. Yeah. Which is the so biggest, sold. which is probably the same.
2: When there's a merger, there's a top
0: dog and a bottom dog. WWE was the bottom dog in this one. But for it's sure, a big and you, deal. Well, you can I actually think. say it's, it's worse off for Vince in a number wise by not taking the outright pay to walk away. Because he probably could have got $6 billion for the company and walked away with $3 billion while everyone else splits up the other four, uh, other three, and it's no longer a private company. But the fact that they're taking the UFC infrastructure for things, and they're going to apply that to WWE, but take the WWE shareholder thing and turn this private company of UFC into a now public entity, it's fucking awesome. They're, they're really like blending fight- the brands together.
2: Is, is that fight Dana White's thing? That's outside of the UFC bubble, or is it within the
0: UFC bubble? I believe, I believe it's within the UFC bubble. Uh, like it's a part of Endeavor.
2: That could be an issue at some point if it goes public like that. I see a oh, lot possibly. of backlash.
0: Uh, well, I mean, even UFC going public could be could be part of that. You know, I right. mean, there's and just like Vince McMahon, Dana White's extremely polarizing and. Gives less of a fuck than Vince McMahon even does. You know he'll he's he's so unfiltered. So very very interesting to see how this goes going forward.
2: Also, McMahon has a second life. He's got black hair again and a mustache. This is second Vince. This is Vince Mm two point oh. So that's exciting. I think that he's uh, robotic at this point. Uh, You know how like. You know how, like, in Animaniacs and stuff, they would, like, take a brain out of an evil boss and put it into a robot version of the boss,
0: and it was like would have the robotic mustache? Yeah. I think that's what we're looking at. Yep. Look, I I think it's... Overall, I I don't think it's a a bad thing. Uh, One thing I was thinking, because... What's his name? Ari Emanuel. He said that they're going to take the UFC blueprint and apply it to WWE, which... I believe UFC was bought for four point eight billion or maybe four point yeah. two billion, something like that. It's now worth twelve point one. Yeah. So if they're going to try to triple the growth of size of WWE, like how is that a bad thing? And the only thing that people are really up in arms about is the chance that they'll go back to traditional pay per views. I don't necessarily see that mm-hmm. happening because of predictive outcomes. Mm-hmm. Um, but. But what I I was thinking about today, actually, uh, so it was ironic that you hit me up, and thank you for doing so. Uh, I missed hanging out with you, buddy. Um, UFC does international events on the regular, and they're in Ireland all the time. They're in—I mean, they have their own fight island in in the Arab Emirates. You know, they they're all over the place. They do France. They do um, you know Australian events, Asia events. They're all over Brazil constantly. They are all over all the time. Now, I understand that they have a roster of about 600, and it's not the same fighters every single weekend, which is the hiccup in that kind of uh, presentation for WWE. But the chance to be globally in these places of the world globally, as some may say. I think is a great opportunity for WWE to do what they've been planning on doing with their wrestling brand: insert themselves consistently into foreign countries.
2: Well, they've already opened up all those NXTs everywhere, so they've already got home bases in a bunch of countries.
0: Well, they're not. I thought they shut all those down, or they scaled back on their. um, I mean, they scaled back on their UK thing. They were talking about doing NXT Europe, that was going to encompass everything. I think this gives them the infrastructure. This helps with that. Yeah, but there's, like, a, there's like one in Saudi
2: and there's one in India and they put up a few of them places that just were never televised or anything, but they were like little training facilities and stuff. Okay. Well, that's, so good. that's what I mean. Like they have stuff out around the world, so far as I know, uh, which could help with that kind of a thing. So who knows? And who knows? you're looking I think it's at
0: cool. You're looking at diverse, um, diverse relationships with uh, um, content companies such as. Uh, you know, Peacock and, and all that. Uh, you know, uh UFC is tied in with ESPN pretty thick. They had a, a pretty big Fox deal for a while that no longer exists. Um shit, uh fight, uh the slap fight stuff is on TNT. Um, like mm-hmm. you said, I, I'm not sure if that's part of UFC itself, but I mean they're they're all over the place. Uh combined. They have I mean, they're touching everyone on on the planet, so.
2: Well, that's what I'm trying to get to uh, outside of your 18-minute rant on the UFC and uh, its relevance to none of this. I think that this Endeavor thing, what I think is so funny is that all of the dirt sheets were saying for a long time, oh, they officially sold to Saudi. You're going to find out they sold to Saudi. Everyone knows it's Saudi. And even other podcasts I was listening to were just all like, well, we're just waiting until the day they say it's Saudi. And it's like, oh, well, this is a pretty clear indication it's Saudi. They kept saying it over and over again, trying to like, will it to be. But when I look at like... Like you said UFC they I look at things from a much more basic collectible standpoint they've been they've been UFC went to panini a couple years ago and all of a sudden this last year uh, WWE who had this long relationship with tops dropped tops and went to panini all of a sudden this Netflix show uh, that was supposed to be a biography on Vince McMahon that was in the works for like two years just suddenly got cut off it, suddenly last year and one of the the directors came out on a podcast and was like oh yeah Vince shut it down we know part of this contract was Vince has the rights to his story and his character and nobody can do anything without licensing it through him direct. I'm just saying like, I think this might've been in the works for over a year and all the insiders were saying it was Saudi. So what a crazy way to find out Endeavor is actually Saudi Arabia,
0: huh? Well, you never know. Everyone's got Saudi money everywhere. Fuck it. Yeah, I was looking. Uh, Saudi owns like
2: some golf league and stuff, and there's some yeah. stuff
0: out here that they are, they're definitely dipped into. So, well, what they have, they I don't I don't know if you've again looked into that at all either, but they have a public fund. They have like a Saudi public fund that yeah is all their royal money filtered into one thing. It's basically you know play money, and part of what they did with that golf thing is they're like, okay, we have a couple billion dollars, let's just give. All these golfers money up front and make them earn it on the back end by performing their tours. You know, it's just yeah, and it does nothing on TV. You know, but it's them to play with. It's it's crazy, Maybe. and they could have done. They could have easily done that with the WWE. Yeah, no. But is. Vince is too smart for that. People got to give him credit. Wouldn't
2: that be crazy if, like, to, like in six months, Saudi buys Endeavor? <laughs> yeah. <right>. <laughs> <laughs> I just watch people freak out. <clears throat> Well, dude, I've been sick for a while. I don't know what you got going on. What's in your glass? What are you drinking?
0: Um, I'm feeling lightly Canadian, so I have a little Labatt Blue Light. Dude,
2: Labatt, um, Labatt's is so good.
0: It's extremely underrated. Uh it's crazy. For me, Canadian beer, I'll either have a Molson Triple X or Labatt Blue Light. And I don't know if I the like. Blue Light is like, I don't know, it's got to be like 4.1. Molson Triple X is like 7.3. But it's all flavor with me. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, cheers, bro. Yeah.
2: I just got coffee. Just still have to work through this throat thing. That's what she said. Uh, I was. Uh, I used to work for Canadian, and I. my understanding is they don't have Labatt's in Canada. Really? But they do have a beer that's just called Blue. But it's not Labatt's Blue. It's just Blue. Okay. So I thought
0: that was really weird. If that's the same thing with different labeling, um, cool. That's my hunch. It's my hunch, but I don't know. I I dig it. It's tasty. Yeah. It was one of my
2: favorites. Uh, Let's talk about a few crazy things that have happened over the last uh, while. I want you to hear an argument that I have not made, but I've heard several people make who I know no longer watch WWE for the time being. Because I want you to know that this is what you sound like. (laughs) 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 they said Roman Reigns has been doing the exact same promo for three years there's no growth in his character it's stale it's old he says the same thing every time he says acknowledge me he walks away he's boring the bloodline has been doing the same match for 10 years they say we the ones and you the twos and that's old and stale and stupid and there's no growth in the storyline these guys are just doing the same promo week after week after week and you can guess what it's going to be and you know what's going to happen and there's no point in paying attention. Roman Reigns, they say, has gotten stale over a year ago and there's no reason to watch his matches because you already know he's going to walk away with it. That's what it sounds like when you talk about Cody Rhodes being AEW Cody and not hitting. It's one of those arguments where you go, I guess I see what you're saying, but it just doesn't hold up if you're paying attention to any of us who are watching the details, right? This bloodline storyline is crazy good and detailed, but a lot of people are taking it at super face value. You know, a lot of people, the few people are taking right. it at super face value and saying, oh, he's going to come out, take nine minutes to do an intro, put his finger up, say, acknowledge me, Say a couple things about the other guy and then he's gonna beat him up with the so usos interfering. So my bother? Right? There's so much more to the story than that. You know what I mean? That's how you Listen. come across talking about Cody. <laughs> is you oversimplify things on Cody's front that I feel like you miss the opportunity to have fun with some of the stuff. Now, not everything has to make sense all the time, because I'll give you this raw, Cody beating the shit out of security guards. And kind of in a sort of phony,
0: fired up.
2: And it was a little. I was like, I don't, I don't know.
1: But
0: bro, real quick, the take I made well? on that, the take I made on that, I just go, why don't? Why doesn't WWE send out twenty women to hold them back? <laughs> if they send out twenty women, is Cody going to be punching and pushing and <laughs> so and finding too. his way through twenty women? <laughs> be so good.
2: You only have <laughs> Aja and Jessica Carr come through. He just double clotheslines
1: them. <laughs> <laughs>
0: There's 20 women in black polos and black pants. Yeah. The um, the the one chick from the side, the with the blonde hair, the skinny rip chick who plays security on the side, the one that held back Gronk that year at WrestleMania. Oh yeah, you have her yeah, out yeah. there too. Yeah, just, oh yeah. Instead of 20 women, it's like you're not gonna be punching through 20 women. You're not gonna try to jump over and fight through 20 women.
2: <laughs> no, but if they did that, that would be the immediate TV return of Brandy Rhodes. Oh so yeah, come through and lay them all out. Yeah, <laughs> he would, he
0: would go through. <laughs> All right, but go ahead, make your point, make your point.
2: But yeah, I, I not everything has to make sense in every way, but most of the stuff should make sense most of the time. Uh, I would say, on the other side of WrestleMania, I still get the feeling that having Cody lose was a super missed opportunity, and I here's why. I think the last two weeks of Raw SmackDown have been unusually flat. I think even... The tag champs... Dude, I cried when Kevin and Sammy won. That was an amazing moment. But where are we on the other side? They're still kind of going back and forth with the bloodline. And I heard someone say, what are you going to do? Put them in a story with Street Profits? Maybe. Maybe have an open challenge. Maybe something that just makes it feel like it's something a little bit different till we get back to the bloodline. But now the bloodline's doing exactly what they were doing before. Now, all of the chaos or confusion the week after week from Rumble to Mania... Jey Uso, Willy Woney Willy Woney feels completely forgotten. That feels completely pushed aside, and now we're just back to Jay Uso before Rumble. Back when he hated Sammy. He's just back on that. You know what I mean? It feels like we've gone backwards some.
0: Well, the better choice, real quick, at, at this stage, with the winners the way they were, the better opportunity to tell a more engaging story would be have Roman on TV and the Uso's off TV.
2: Right. That could be an yeah. option
0: for sure. Yeah.
2: Well, we have no Roman. I do think the stuff they're doing with Brock and Cody is really cool, as a concept. Not every segment's hitting, <laughs> but as a concept, dope. Yeah, have Cody go through the thing. I think the argument that Cody didn't go through adversity, so therefore now he has to go through adversity, I think is a big risk, because it's not like he didn't show up out of NXT for the first time ever. This wasn't, this wasn't just a debut. At the same time. People still talk about when Paige won the Divas Championship. And I know this is like going in and out of different divisions. Uh, Paige winning the Divas Championship on her debut, still a huge moment. Do you remember her title run? Do you remember the adversity that she hit on the way in? It wasn't about that. You know what I mean? Like It's not always about that. If Cody winning could have been flat on the other side, is that worth the sacrifice of the moment that you would have had on the front side, right? What are some of our favorite moments of WrestleMania if we just kind of go through them? You know, Dan O'Brien wins at 30. Do you remember his run? I wasn't he didn't right have about one. That.
0: He didn't have one. He had to give it to seven.
2: Exactly. But we still talk about that it was one of the greatest. Kofi Mania. Mm-hmm. Do we think Kofi okay. Mania should have never happened because he's going to lose it to Brock in three months? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. sometimes it's about those moments. A lot of times in wrestling, it's about those moments more so than the after effect, right? So I'm not saying that we should have beaten Roman in the elimination chamber or this one, or this one, but I'm saying that we're missing a lot of peak moments. Like the, the audience is there for the
0: moment, the apex of the moment. Yeah.
2: Yes. And the only yeah. way we're going
0: to know if it really
2: was a miss is when the new moment happens, when Roman loses the title, is it going right. to feel bigger than that would right. have felt? Right? right. So we don't know either one of us, no one knows if it was really the right call until we get to Cody's apex moment. Is it feel bigger than, or does it feel left less than, right? Because on the flip side, going into Mania, I kept saying this whole Sammy and KO's a tag feels like a consolation. It feels like, well, we didn't want to give you the title at Elimination Chamber, even though the crowd couldn't be more behind Sammy. So we'll do something with you with the tags. You know
0: what I mean? That's it, such it, a it bullshit narrative, than. though, dude. I, I hate that narrative. I hate that narrative. It That narrative is so bullshit yeah. because yeah. it's not a – you're you cutting out. Yeah, yeah, there you are. Right. Um, no, it's it's a, it's a bullshit narrative because, yes, in the lore of wrestling, the tag titles aren't as important as the heavyweight. But in the story that they're telling, the the tear down of the bloodline happens off the strength of Roman not having support. So not cutting the snake off at the head, but, you know, taking the limbs off the gorilla or whatever. Uh, 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 sure, but that's not what happened. That.
2: That's we mean that's not, not what, not what happened. happened? That's not what happened. The the bloodline not having the tag titles has made no difference to the bloodline.
0: Right now, dude. Every story, every piece of the story is a story. Like, it's it's all part of it. And, and Paul Heyman just last week saying that the Tribal chiefs getting, you know, uh, tired of you too pointing at Sammy and KO, but looking at the Usos, I mean they're still telling this slow story. Maybe, but the the okay, all right. So you're telling me the consolation prize that made you cry wasn't worth it? I, I don't understand how you can no. Make you well, walk you don't understand. Because I didn't get to finish there. my sentence. Well, I wanted to cut you off. It's more fun right. that way.
2: Okay. As I was saying, walking <laughs> into WrestleMania, a lot of it felt consolation. A lot of it felt like, are we getting tags because they didn't do this? You know, are, is this kind of like, uh, well, we, we didn't want to go that far because we're trying to protect Roman, so we'll give you this. And it felt a lot like carrot on a stick and a little bit like, well, it's going to be a nice moment. Well, then the match happens and the story happens in the ring. And it was my favorite part of the entire weekend. And I go, Same. okay, the payoff was bigger. The payoff was bigger than the feeling of the trade off. Where I feel like the reverse kind of happened with Cody, where you, the build is so much that at the other side of it, you're like, okay, well, now I don't, I don't know. Like, you know what I so, mean?
0: So, okay. That, that, that phrase right there, the build was so much. How? It, it, the build wasn't. Cody won the rumble and came out and talked a few times. And Cody and just appeared had, at the
2: Rumble, and he never
0: existed before that. Two face to face. No, he did. He had um, these sappy story video package that were, I. So because okay, and Romans had because, these
2: flat, stupid, acknowledge me promos.
0: <laughs> if you want to ignore the story within it, we can do that. No, 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 no. I'm not trying to do that. What um, all right. So I, I say this. I say this, is that I do do agree on why people like Cody. I think Mm -hmm. where you say oversimplify, I think people overinvest. There is less to what we've been given in Cody than people give credit. There's definitely more that's been given to Cody or come from Cody than I give credit. But I do that on the back of people over investing into what's happened. Like, I was so nervous Roman was going to lose because of the vibe around Cody without the substance from Cody. That's I just want the substance. If Cody, for instance, for instance, if Cody doesn't do the, because Cody's character is, I respect you, Mr. Pierce. Thank you for the respect. I'm walking out the ring. Right. That's been his character. He's going to go about this professionally. And it's going to take his lumps. I lost. There's no denying that I lost, right? That was the first thing he said. Not I was cheated. None of that, right? So he's going about this respectfully, professionally. That's his character of it. Cool. Cool. He flips the switch into going all ballistic. It was a miss. It was a miss. But the first thing I said when the Brock thing happens, I go, I want Cody to beat Brock. Like, there's ways to get people like me invested with depth, and I didn't get that. To your point, we don't get Drew without Roman in Cardiff, right? We don't get Sammy mm-hmm. in Montreal without Roman. We don't get Cody at WrestleMania without Roman. The best point you made, which is the in-between, the simplification of how big Cody is and the undersimplification of how big Cody is, that's what you're saying is, How many times can we get a Cody, a Drew, a Sammy before, okay, enough is enough. This fucking has to happen, you know? Yeah, and I think
2: a lot of the investment in Cody is residual investment in Roman. People want Roman to lose at a certain point, right? Oh, yeah. So I think they're getting trickled down uh, investment. So I think some of the stuff is getting filled in with... Because how great would that be kind of concept? You know what I mean? Are we getting everything presented or are we allowing our emotions to invest us on top of that? Right? Which right. is also part of the part of the deal at the end of the day. It's wrestling. Mike is coming through saying, look who's lives. Good to
0: see him. Cheers. Cheers to him. Um <clears throat> Yeah, I don't uh, have a I, I get it, dude. I, I absolutely understand why why people want Cody to win from the not liking Roman side, from the liking Cody side. Um, I understand why people cheer Um, songs for entrance music are cheat codes. We know that. Listen to Judas. It's the same thing. Like, so I, I do have my bias when it comes to presentation. But like fucking Gunther, right? Gunther is a character on TV with promo, with wrestling. That is a viable contender for Roman through just what's been put on TV. If he ended up in a program with Roman on SmackDown this week, I would go, holy shit, this guy might have a chance to beat Roman because of what's been presented on TV. That's all. Uh, I just present something on TV that makes me invest through character, through story, through wrestling. Um, So I'll tell you what doesn't make you believe
2: someone can beat Roman is having him lose to Roman. Right. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I also get... But having them
0: lose to Roman with Uso interference and bloodline interference gives that out that they possibly could.
2: Yeah, maybe. You know, We're going to find out
0: eventually. Yes. Right? But
2: I also thought the argument that people were making that like, oh, see, Cody lost because he didn't have... He didn't didn't have what it takes to be made undermines the concept that a lot of people get made by winning the match. You know what I mean? Like, it's what happens after that. If he'd walked out on Raw with the title then it's up to Cody. What do we got next? You know what I mean? It, can he carry this on? And sometimes you don't know until you put it on him and then you find out, right? That just happens. Uh, to say that like this person's yeah. presented like the world champion without the world champion there kind of a deal, I've always thought it was a little weird. Like I mean, even with like Becky, yeah. people saying yeah. she doesn't need to be around the title. Yeah, but if she doesn't want the title, then is the title less important than Becky? Like that, Those kinds of arguments I've always thought was kind of weird, you know?
0: Well, even one of the things about Becky, oh, how can she be a star on the main roster? She never won the title in NXT. You know, oh, it's yeah. that's they're they're apples and oranges. You know, yeah, and exactly. I, I even when I say that about Cody and AEW, it's a pot shot. It's not real, you know, no. but it's the it's it's to again undersimplify because people oversimplify. Oh, he was the biggest thing in AEW. No, his segments always sucked and he never won the title. If he was the biggest thing, then He'd still be Always, later, his first you know? year he was hot. No, no, no. and then like I, the second I, year started to go down. Yeah. <laughs> dude, I tell you, as soon as the MJF program was over, I, I was, I was out. There was nothing. Yeah. I just, I didn't feel invested in anything. I was like, oh, this is really weird.
2: Yeah, he got shot in the foot pretty hard, uh, but oh, I lost it. Oh, but the thing about Cody that, that I think the people also. Um... What's my favorite? When the AEW fans talk about how he was like the fifteenth best guy on their roster, so therefore Roman is like a mid-carder for AEW. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fucking love it. The thing that they're negating, and you know, we don't do a ton of business talk and stuff, but you know, numbers are numbers, and we go in and out of kayfabe all the time. Uh Cody sold the biggest number of house show tickets in like ten years. The other, like a month or two ago, before Mania, I think it was Detroit or Denver, something like that. There was no Bloodline, there was no Sammy, there was no KO. It was all on Cody's going to be here was their whole entire marketing thing, and they got like ten thousand people in this fucking house show. I think what this shows more than anything is that AEW didn't know how to utilize someone who had the capability. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. And I think also to say that. Cody's not ready to lead the brand undermines the idea that Cody sold 10,000 seats
0: to a show that wasn't going to be on TV. i tell you what, I think Cody is more the John Cena crowd appeal than he is the John Cena headliner to a pay-per-view. I think he's, for me, for me, I don't think I've seen anything of his that's captivating on TV that... If he was the main event of the pay-per-view, like Elimination Chamber in Philly, that I'd be like, well, I gotta go see that. You know? Yeah. Um, but with that being said, I got tickets to SummerSlam. I'm going to SummerSlam this year in Detroit. And if he's the main event, cool. I don't care. Um, but I do think he I do think he resonates because my son, he's eight and he fucking loves Cody. Why do you love Cody? His song's awesome. And I want him to beat Roman. Okay. But why? And he's, you know, he's eight, but he wants to see Cody wrestle. He wants to see him. live. So like, yeah, your parents are going to, parents are going to bring the kids to see Cody. There's two, three tickets right there, you know, for how many families to go do that. So that appeal is severely underestimated. That was Roman's whole appeal during the big dog run that people weren't giving him credit for, you know, Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Mike does uh, say
2: the Brody Lee feud was cool and compelling. Yeah, Brody Lee and, and Cody was fun. Um, but yeah, there was just a lot of, of not there was a lot of stuff that wasn't missing and wasn't connecting and and at that time, you know.
0: That I but don't yeah, think he's for, been able to figure out. But the thing the thing me and you haven't had a chance to really talk about is the in between. You know, like I, I, I get it. I understand it. I see all that. But for me, the in between, I just I need more depth. For me as a fan, I need more depth to Cody to understand that he's he's capable of winning this. Because anyone can wrestle and win a match, right? We talk about that all the time. I need Cody's story story that he needs to finish to show me the depth. Show it on my TV, and I haven't seen it yet. That's for well, you're me. just not looking but at when- it. No, because
2: I I, the, am. I mean, the depth is that it's his fucking lifelong destiny. Like... His. This is... Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's Seth Rollins, too. Seth yeah. Rollins has the same lifelong destiny. Just because his dad didn't wrestle here doesn't mean he doesn't have the same lifelong destiny.
2: It absolutely means he doesn't have the same lifelong destiny. You're talking, like, Final Fantasy stuff. Like, this is, this is a video game epic journey by, like, John Campbell. You know what I mean? Like this is the hero's journey. He's avenging his father and all that stuff. Like there's a it's definitely a lot deeper than I was a super fan and always wanted to hold a title. You know what I mean? Because,
0: so then then Roman is the same story on steroids because his grandfather wrestled. Bray mm-hmm. Wyatt has the same story.
2: No, because Bray Wyatt's never attached himself to his lineage.
0: You're talking Again, like Luke Skywalker. Cody's story.
2: Yeah, Cody's story is like the Luke Skywalker story. Except I mean, Darth
0: Vader was evil, but you know but what I mean? Darth Vader was
2: dope. you sick, dude. Sick, sick. Yeah, I was super so, powerful.
0: I was talking to a buddy of mine. Let's just segue to Star Wars real quick. I was talking to my buddy of mine about mm-hmm. um, Kylo Ren, right? Yeah. His parents were like the two dopest characters in the whole Star Wars saga. And he's just a little bitch. He's so bitchy, dude. It was crazy. Like, he had the he's ability. So to have the coolest fucking parents, all the abilities in the world. He could have been the biggest baby face in all of Star Wars. And he goes, fuck that. I hate everyone. What a yeah, bitch. And he, just <laughs>
2: yeah, he was crazy. I saw the same thing when I was watching. I was like, wow, he's
0: fucking
2: whiny, isn't he? More whiny than Luke. But yeah, he's so Luke good. Like and it's tough. like,
0: no, your little whiny bitch That's what makes you so bad at what you're doing. Yeah. Now this person with zero lineage just calls herself a Skywalker, and now she's the dopest of all time. It's like Cody fucking cody has the lineage sorry
2: (laughs) cody's got the lineage you know what i think is cool about cody's story on this side though is you know how in some video games like an Turtle video game level one you encounter shredder or you know what i mean and then like shredder kind of lays you out and then he disappears and now you got to get back to shredder fuck yeah but by the time you get to Shredder, he's super Shredder, and you're like, "Oh fuck, right. dude! I had to beat all these little fucking minions and bosses to get back to him, and now he's even more powerful. And he beat my ass last time. Like, I do think we're looking at like a video game story of Cody, where I'm he here got for defeated it. by the boss, right? And I do think that part's pretty cool. But again, it's all about timing. How many of these moments yeah. were the right time? Because it was just the right fucking time. Kofi was not supposed to happen, but it was just the right time because they will never have that chance again, right? We're not going to know until Cody wins if they really fuck this one up. You know what I mean? Yeah. We just won't. But because he could win in such a way that we all go, huh, well, I'm glad he got it. Sort See, of like how, how Becky's whole tag title run has been, where you go, huh, that's nice for her. But it didn't feel like the moment.
0: Well, I've, I've always been a contrarian in this way, where when Roman turned heel this time, And people are like, oh, they should have done this years ago. I never felt that. I thought years ago him as the big dog was the perfect anti-babyface. Because like Triple H said, right, he's the biggest heel we have. I I thought his stuff with Braun Strowman, Bray Wyatt, um, Seth Rollins, Daniel Bryan, like all that stuff was just really great wrestling, right? Yeah. When Cody wins... When Cody wins, not if I'm on. I'm right. I'm. I put out a whole episode on why Cody's not ready, right? But when Cody wins, there's going to be so many people going, "Oh well, they should have done this last year at Mania. They should have done this back then." But again, following the story, watching the progression, seeing the depth, watching him go through these adversities, these character buildings, this earn it on TV, if you will. There's going to be a a bigger hold to the title, a la Kofi Mania. The only reason why we believe Kofi was ready is because he went through the gauntlet. He went through the Elimination Chamber. He went through all these these adversities, and you go, wow, he really does have the resolve and the crowd behind him. Let's do it. You know, like I said on on my latest episode that Cody ain't ready, taking 15 minutes to beat Ludwig Kaiser while looking like you might lose Ludwig Kaiser is fucking bullshit. That's stuff that you've said about AEW with Miro holding the TNT title. I thought one of his best matches was against Lee Johnson and you're telling me well why would he ever look like he would lose to Lee Johnson like well that's a fair point yeah, you know because, how are you-
2: because Miro is a powerhouse Cody is not Roman is a powerhouse Cody is not Cody taking 15 minutes to defeat Ludwig Kaiser is just technician versus technician like you put Daniel Bryan in a match with Drew Gulak Daniel Bryan's not losing that match but he's not winning it in two minutes because they're both. But he's also not, not looking to like
0: it. he's gonna lose. He might look compromised yeah, in certain points, but he's not he would there's a difference between being on defense and looking like you're gonna lose. You know what I mean? Like getting out You've, of a hold, but looking like you're gonna submit to the hold is two separate things.
2: Oh, well, also the psychology of submitting to a hold is not that you suck, it's that you got caught. Dana Bryan's talked about that too.
0: No, yeah, no, I better. get, I, again, I get that too, but when you're being built to this point where you're supposed to take take out the biggest star of this generation, then there shouldn't be holes in your game to get fans like me, because there's fans like you who are already invested, and fans like me, I need that extra level that shows me, oh, this guy's serious. He really is running through the competition.
2: But you'd also prepare for Roman in a different way. Roman's not going to wrestle like Drew Gulak. So if Drew Gulak okay, catches so you in the armbar... Why,
0: why is Cody wrestling Ludwig Kaiser and Chad Gable in LA Knight? Warm-ups.
2: Warm-ups. Get ready. Anything. To see it all. Can I get out of this? Can I do it? But it's just basic competition me. stuff.
0: But you just told me that if you're preparing for Roman Reigns, you're not going to wrestle Drew Gulak.
2: No, I said they're going to wrestle different. I'm saying if you're, if you're Roman Reigns, you're not going to take 15 minutes to defeat Drew Gulak. If you're Daniel Bryan, you will. But at the same time, you think Daniel that Brian might beat Roman right. Wayne's. Right. You know what I mean? And that's what it is, is that Roman trying or not Roman, Cody's trying to show that he can do a bunch of different styles, that you know, that he has the wherewithal to beat different styles because we haven't seen him against a powerhouse the 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 level of Roman. So it's getting to that point where it's all like, well if he Going to have trouble here, or can he even beat this guy? Let's see. Micah says in boxing, they have bouts before the actual title fight for ring comfortability, yeah. And at that point, well, yeah, too, they especially have tune-up, after Rumble,
0: they have, have tune up fights, they have you know, sparring sessions. I understand that, but even in sparring sessions, uh, Daniel Cormier, before he's fighting John Jones, he he brought in people 6'9 because they had similar reach. You you spar with similar competition, you
2: similar to Roman.
0: Uh, If you're talking powerhouse, then you wrestle a powerhouse. Wrestle Otis, not Gable, so you can see what the feeling of that kind of punch goes. Wrestle Bobby Lashley, because he does a spear. Find comps. Ludwig Kaiser is not. Gunther is close. So if
2: Cody defeated Bobby Lashley in 25 minutes, you've been like, that guy's ready for Roman?
0: I would say Cody has what it takes to endure a match with Roman. I would say that, yes. wouldn't you maybe
2: because <laughs> I, I see because I see Cody have four matches with Seth Rollins and one of which he's half an arm in a hell in a cell and come out on the other side and you go that guy's willing to fight through anything and then everyone else goes remember how he won the Royal Rumble and did nothing before that and you go he had a series of matches before that that showed he had the heart and fight in him to get through anything. You know what I mean? Like there was a gap in time for sure, but I don't think it undermined yeah. everything that happened before it. You know what I mean? Uh, I actually what...
0: I didn't like the psychology of the Peck match. Um, it really bothered me. So
2: it was nuts. It was just a crazy match to have and watch. Um <clears throat> but yeah, I mean at this point, also just talking about on SmackDown in general. Dude, these shows have been pretty lame. If I'm being honest, the only stories I'm really into right now, I think it's weird for one. I'm halfway into the Cody and Brock. I think I'm more interested in the match than the story. Uh, I'm really interested in LA Knight. I think it's interesting what they're doing with him. I know a lot of people are getting pissed that he's losing all these matches, but I feel like they're building up some form of sympathy or something with him. Like he's not coming off as bad. He's coming off as not getting over on the ref or not. You know what I mean? Like he's coming off a little a little foolish at times for sure, but he also feels like that when he gets that big win, I think people are gonna react. Like he's got the crowd.
0: Yeah, I think the biggest thing is that when he's losing the matches that the camera's on him, not the winner. Yeah. You know, that's yeah, yeah. that's the biggest thing. Um I think what I what I like about what they're doing with the Brock stuff is they're avoiding the the internet conversation of, oh, they're just putting Cody with Brock for no reason. So, like you said, like I'm not a fan of the story either, but you kind of see that they're trying to give us a story so we can get that match. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, he's just the next boss.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: He's the boss yeah. of level two. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Even Raw this week, the Judgment Day opening segment with the Bloodline, were you feeling that at
1: all?
0: Well, okay, so this, this is a, a take I had too. Um, I enjoyed... Again, the presentation that this is why we're doing this, not putting the heels together for no reason. That's what I liked. Because they could have easily just put the heels together for no reason, right? But they said, hey, we made a deal with the Judgment Day. The Judgment Day is going to take care of our problems. We're going to take care of their problems. This is what we're going to do to help them. This way you also avoid, okay, we got a six-man tag coming up. Well, these two are going to fight these two. Or we're going to have three matches back-to-back-to-back of here's the individual performers against each other. You know what I mean? So having a bloodline go against the LWO and having, um, you know, fucking Judgment Day go against Sammy and KO, <clears throat> like I like, I like that. I like having that deal explained to us on TV. So again, it's not like, oh, well, we're just gonna throw them together for no reason. They at least explained why they're doing it.
2: Okay, I could see that. Uh, in but it, it in took my too long. Mind,
0: took way too long. The in segment. Mind, <laughs> the my segment my <laughs> took too segment? long.
2: Yeah. yeah. I just didn't care anymore, and I thought it was yeah. dumb at a certain yeah. point. There was a point where I was like, oh, it's interesting. They're giving kind of a why, and I was like, how is Paul Heyman falling on his face like this? This is an impossible yeah. thing for Paul Heyman to fail at, and this feels like a massive failure. I think everything with Solo and Rhea feels forced and stretched. I felt like by the time the segment ended, not only did I no longer care why they were teamed up, but I felt like it was all forced at that point because I felt like, why you guys are just buying time? You're wasting time. Like It just felt so loose the whole thing that at first i was like okay all right and then it took so much time that i was like fuck, fuck off man just fuck yeah. off but then yeah. solo versus ray mysterio was dope and i was just really happy <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean but yeah <clears throat> this was another part where like by the time smackdown ended i was kind of like not into the riddle come back into the bloodline thing because now it feels like maybe this is part of the problem to me it feels a lot like Riddle has been placed into the bloodline story and now everything's just kind of waiting while we get Riddle ready to face Roman. You know,
0: here and, and here's ready. the fucked up part. Yeah, here's the fucked up part. We we complain about absence of story in certain parts and all that, but they are fucking reminding us that Solo oh, sure. took out Riddle. So yeah. fucking much. It's, it's not like it doing we sense. get it? Yeah, we get it. But he didn't even do it in a moment where like when he attacked him, it made sense. You know, like it, it felt like Solo took him out of left field for the reasons in which we, I guess, kind of learned that he went to rehab or whatever. It's like he got written off TV, you know, the yeah. same way, the same way that they called uh, Shayna's elbow stop at, you know, the, the future endeavor stop or whatever it was. You know what I mean? Like. There's a convenience to some of these things to happen. The fact that they keep going back to that, it's like, fuck, guys, you didn't plan on this. You can use it, but stop overusing it.
1: Yeah,
2: it was a bit much. But yeah, I mean, at this point, like, as much as I want Sammy and KO to have like a long title run, but I'm watching it like, I wonder if they're going to lose it at this next one. Like, it feels like everything's in a holding pattern just because Riddle's back. And Roman's not on TV. Yeah. And that doesn't feel great either. You know what I mean? Like, this has all been... Post-Mania, it's all been really subpar. The things that I've been excited about, like I said, was LA Night. The other thing I've been really excited about is LWO. I'm loving yeah. the use of Santos. Finally seeing Judgment Day uh, involved with the bloodline. Seeing the LWO involved with the bloodline. Those are exciting to me. Seeing Sammy and KO with the bloodline, I'm kind of over that although Sammy has way more investment into the Bloodline story than any other character on TV, I think that they could stand to use a pause there and revisit it. I think,
0: especially since they pulled back on the Jay stuff so hard. Well, that's that's what I'm trying to like put together while we're talking because I, I usually... If they're going to tell me not to overinvest, I don't overinvest, right? I'm not going to overanalyze these shows and go, well, you're doing this wrong, you're doing that wrong. They're literally telling us don't overinvest, right? But what they're doing is they're placing all this shit together to get the bloodline rub, but also put the pause on things. Sammy still comes out last. Sammy still gets the loudest reaction. The story has nothing to do with Sammy, but they're giving Riddle the rub, right? And that actually is kind of bothersome because the thing that we're cheering for, we're not getting yeah. The thing that we like, we're not getting. We're getting everyone else. And everyone else is happening adjacent too. And it's 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 really bothersome in the fact that then why do we watch? Like you're saying, like these last couple of weeks, it's like, well, what the fuck are we doing? I'm enjoying the LWO. Uh, someone had said on Twitter and I apologize for not writing down your 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 at there, fella, but uh it sucks that Legato has been changed to LWO. And I didn't want to get into the nuance of, well, it's only LWO because Ray put them together. As soon as Ray's not going to be there, it won't be LWO. They'll still be Legato because they still have their music, blah, blah, blah. But even if they they are LWO now, they're at least doing it in a way where like it's fun. And they actually feel more united now because they're all wearing the same thing. It's not Santos with a suit and those guys with their trunks on. Um, And Zelina actually has more of a presence now, which feels kind of weird. And maybe that's just because she's wearing the shirts too. So like, you know, there's a different vibe to it. And actually like, it feels really fun. Yeah, And we're not just getting Dom versus Ray anymore. So having that mixed together, here's the thing. Would we feel this way if the bloodline wasn't involved? Would we be wanting to see Ray and Dom over and over again, but this time through LWO? And judgment day. I don't know.
2: I I absolutely I would because ever since Legato's gotten up, I've been asking why aren't they getting involved with Judgment Day? Why aren't they getting involved with Bloodline? I just want to see the the Legato involved in some of these things. I think you could revisit the Bloodline at any point in time. Uh, I think that yeah, LWO being involved in both is cool, you know. But yeah, I mean I think I also think that the addition of Ray turning it into LWO was big because it does make it different than just legato with Ray. This yeah. is now a new United front, yes. which also could add another person. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know why we wouldn't get, Oh my God, who is it? I forgot. There was somebody I thought could join the LWO in a second. Oh, I mean, even because it was on house of wrestling, Nick did interviewed Conan and asked him about LWO. And Conan was hinting that he's had some talks, adding someone like a Conan to come in and, be kind of an MVP style character for them could add to the presentation and be
0: dope and still fit in the LWO where he wouldn't fit with
2: legato. You know what I mean? That
0: was, that was actually something that I thought about on Monday. I was like, fuck, what if the reveal was Conan coming out Monday to introduce Rey Mysterio? And that's when the t-shirts were given out. Conan was the one to take the shirt off. You know, oh. underneath his, he has the LWO one because he's more akin to the LWO than than Raymond. Myster- oh no, he was Wolfpack, right? Yeah, yeah. Conan they was started Wolfpack. LWO without Conan. Yeah, that's right. All right, yeah, so I don't I know if Conan everything. was ever in LWO. That's fucking um, so long ago. How fun yeah. was it back then, though? So dope. Dude. That was a lot of fun back then. Yeah, but that was like a Ray and Eddie thing. But at the same time, yeah, yeah. I well, just Eddie think that could, being LWO makes it feel like it could grow, where El
2: Legato felt yeah. like it was Legato.
0: You know yeah I mean? yeah yeah yeah. which was great in itself it just wasn't yes. going anywhere on the main roster
2: and it could have gone anywhere at any time but i'm just saying by adding the lw thing yeah. it gives it a larger umbrella where you can go yeah. like
0: oh someone else could join sure you know sure. and LWO, i like go, this is the unit last week last week <clears throat> they had the or maybe it was friday they had the um the country of origin difference for the LWO. yes uh they and then this yeah. week though they had all the mexican versions of it on the shirt. So I don't know if they're trying to, you know, of course, pander to to the audience to get them to buy shirts and all that stuff with respect because they're awesome and it's a great move marketing-wise, but also it is really fun on TV and I like when that happens too. When oh, they no. overdo the on... marketing, uh but also it's it, it works on TV.
2: Well, it was also in, intentional like when you look at the LWO shirts on the on the shop when they first dropped, there was a Puerto Rican one because oh, of awesome. Zelina. Mm-hmm. Uh, They're trying to basically include everyone who's in the LWO and give yeah. it more of the, it's not just Mexicans feel, it's Latino world order. You know what I mean? Like, um, Something else I wanted to talk about with you because... Was it some terrible take that I had? No, probably not. Oh, okay, that's cool. It's long-term, long-term storytelling. Because I've sat here and defended year after year, episode one after episode one, the capabilities and the potential of the women's having episode two (laughs) (laughs) of the women's tag team championships and how much I love them and the concept and what could be done and how, yes, they failed here, but there's this. And yes, they failed here, but there's this. I'll be honest. Once they put the titles on Becky and Lita in such a horrible match, it has just felt like it, it's never felt more meaningless, and that's shitty to say and think. I honestly feel like the Lita stuff was so bad. I feel like that's why they did they shotgun to the Trish story. They injured Lita because she was in two matches. They were both just, it's so bad. It was like, how do we get the tag titles off of her without making her wrestle again is what it felt like from a viewer perspective. You've put him on Raquel and Liv and they're now feuding with Chelsea and Sonya, and it feels a lot less important because it feels like it was a byproduct of someone else's story. Taking them off of damage control to begin with. Look, damage control's got a lot of issues with their booking. I've said that over and over again. I love that faction, but at least they felt like a unit. Yeah. At least they were just one promo away from having purpose. They were already a cohesive unit. They just needed the promo and story to make you go, oh, these these women are on a mission. You know what I mean? They were just one step away from being like, we've held these titles for this long and this is what we're going to do. And and they never got to do that. They've just consistently floundered and been destroyed. And the Liv and Raquel tag team just doesn't feel, it feels like a holding pattern for them too. Like they don't know what to do with them. Mm-hmm. This is like really frustrating for me. And then on top of that, Liv and Raquel get the titles off of Trish and Becky when the number one contenders were crowned in WrestleMania and then haven't been seen since. And I get it, like from a from a non from like a reality based concept. I think they're both injured, Shayna and Ronda both. But how are you having tag matches immediately thereafter after you just crowned number one contenders and it's not them? And now the first people yeah. up against these tag champions are again not the number one contenders. This feels like when Shotzi and Tegan... Won the number one contendership three weeks in a row.
0: Yeah, never had a tag title shot. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I think didn't Natty and someone win it on the Monday too, and they didn't get yeah. theirs either. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah they yeah. keep and it just feels like such a forgotten, constant, horrible thing. And then on top of that, to further complicate the damage control, horrible booking. Io wins a match to make her Bianca's number one contender. So that next week, Dakota gets a title shot against Bianca Belair. Right.
0: So
2: what right. the fuck Just happens if Eo? Right. And if yeah. Dakota wins, then what? Dakota versus Eo at Backlash? Like, what the fuck right. are we doing? Right. Like, it's feeling so like like I said before, the Cody thing didn't make a ton of sense. But realistically, if we were to pull ourselves out a little bit from our over criticisms of stuff, the fans were still hot. It looked cool in the moment. Did it make a ton of sense? Nah, not really. But does everything have to make sense every time? Nah, not really. It's wrestling. But a lot of stuff has to make sense most of the time. Yeah. And the tag titles and damage control, none of it has made sense for a long time. And it's getting hard to defend and be excited about these titles. And it sucks. I have a plaque on the wall of when the the elimination chamber match, when it won. Dude, I cried then too. Wrestling makes me cry. Because in my mind, I thought, they've just started something. That my nieces, who are only a couple months apart, could grow up to aspire to be. Yeah, that they'll never live. They were only a couple months old, less than a year old when those titles were introduced at the Elimination Chamber. And in my mind, I was like, they'll never live in a world where that's not an option. And for decades, the women have been living in a world where that's not an option. Like that, it affected me because you know, I was a brand new uncle. And now I'm looking at. it, I'm like, I don't know if by the time they're able to wrestle, those titles are
0: around. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, nah, it's a fair point. Cheers, Justin, for coming through. Oh, cheers uh, as to as, Justin. As soon as Marsh mentions women's tag titles, uh, the ghost appears. <laughs> oh I know I knew he fucking would too. Like,
2: oh, bitch, he's waiting. He's
0: lurking because he knows. Look, I, I can say so many things about Mercedes Vernado. Um, and I don't I don't want to. But the one thing I will say is that she is 50 50 correct on the women's tag titles. Whatever she did to her career at her frustration where the women's tag titles were going Mm -hmm. has this ripple effect to what she does, what she is no longer doing in WWE, but also the truth of how those women's tag titles are being treated. You know what I mean? Like, we watched the pandemic, and who carried the pandemic, right? It was Sasha. It was Bailey. The tag champs are so important to what this is. Their presentation was fucking amazing. (laughs) And at the end of the day, the stories are that she wanted more, caused enough haste in the background that she's no longer part of WWE. She was so right. That they needed a better position for the women's tag titles. But also, she's one of the best people to have that fucking title. Cause when she does, they do feel important. Whether it's yeah. her and Bailey or her and Naomi, they felt fucking important. And yeah. the fact that she wasn't given some type of latitude to continue make those important sucks. And she was right about that. Yeah. To not continue to go along with it. I do think is why the women's tag titles are where they are because they don't have someone like her to, to fight for them at all. It seems like, and no offense to any of them, but it seems like everyone's who's everyone who's had them since feels lucky to have them with the exception of damage control to a point where they did have them. They did feel like a unit, but what were they when they were that unit? Did they have the, you know, the matches. Did they have the stories? They didn't. They just look strong behind Bailey as the leader because the leader has the tag champs with her. That's you know.
2: there's that. I mean, and I think Bailey was fighting for them and those titles a lot, just as much as Sasha. But I do think that after Sasha walked out, I do feel like there is. I don't know. I wonder if there's like a, a corporate inside bitterness towards those tag titles. You know what I mean? Where no matter how much someone's willing to fight for it now, there's like, oh, here we go again. You know what I mean? Right. Which is crazy. Because that's why I think that they were on damage control to begin with is I think the idea is Bailey had plans and Bailey had aspirations and Bailey was going to fight for it. And I think that she's got shut down a lot, if I'm being honest. Kiro coming through saying it's too early. He goes, I can't even enjoy my Irish coffee while watching. Kuro, you're going to want to come where? by tomorrow. Me and, um I don't know, he's in China or something.
1: Oh, um,
2: Tomorrow, me and Amanda Jane are talking Impact. We're talking Impact Rebellion. Uh, we stopped watching NXT and AEW. We're going, we're going uh, rogue. So, Cure dude, Cure. how
0: crazy would Impact? Fucking Mickey James and Josh Alexander have to give up their titles? I know they both had to. Yeah, it was nuts.
2: But yeah, uh, a lot of cool stuff going on. Actually, Impact. You know what's funny? I'll save it for tomorrow. But it was funny. I was watching it, and it felt like playing a. Uh, like, you know how sometimes you'll get the 2K23 and you play it? And then, like, you kind of get a little bored of it and you put in, like, 2K16. And you go, oh, shit. I remember this tag team. You start going through <laughs> that's what I felt like watching Impact. Nice. <laughs> Impact felt like I was watching wrestling fucking six years ago. That's um, awesome. But it was fun because I kept going, like, oh, shit. That's where the guy is? Oh, shit. This guy's over here? It was fucking- nice um but yeah dude i just i'm so bummed out by the tag titles i'm kind of bummed out about Rhea. i love Rhea. i think it's awesome i think she's a badass champion but she's more involved with this bloodline storyline that feels like it's not going to go anywhere for her than she is with the tag with, with the championship division uh bianca belair is about to set a record for the longest reigning raw women's champion she's about to break becky's record do you remember becky's reign as the longest reigning champion I remember almost uh, every
0: day of it. It was that important. Yeah, when she and it only ended cuz she had to give it up to Oscar, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. It was it was such a big deal, so important and she was doing everything to make everybody around her look good. And I'm not saying Bianca's not doing everything she can to make people around her look good. But I feel like she's also I don't feel that she feels she has the gravitas that Becky demanded. Yeah. Right? I feel like backstage Becky said we're not doing this or that or really pushing hard on something and I feel like Bianca is a very much a Yes, sir. That sounds great. Great, this stuff because the match just, she
0: had with Dakota was, it was rough, good. man. There, it was, was, there, good. Was, there it was compared was, a lot of Dakota matches. No, I won't. I won't disagree. I won't disagree. There was a, the the problem I tweeted out was watching Bianca being the A side of a match is really tough. She's you know, still yeah. not at that point where. Oh, Bianca's having a match. Okay, cool. She's gonna be full in control of everything that's happening. We can trust what's going on, right? It's and I said, I hope it doesn't go down the Charlotte track where, oh well, she's the champion. She's been doing this forever. Let's just do what we do. And yeah. if, I'm, I, I'm, I wish, I wish there wasn't some type of bias that clouds my judgment. If that's what people want to fucking call it, but the mm-hmm. fact that people are calling Charlotte Raya the match of the weekend for WrestleMania blows my fucking mind. The oh. first three quarters of that fucking match. Was so fucking clunky, and then as soon as Charlotte does her moonsault, and then fucking something else happens, the two times Charlotte lands on her fucking face from over rotating, what are you doing? Yeah, what are you doing? Stop trying to show me how impressive an athlete you are, and just fucking wrestle.
2: Yeah, and we don't. I do get think that. that it did look a lot like uh, she was stiff in Rhea, and Rhea just went okay, and I felt like that was frustrating. Flair getting hit
0: right back. Yeah. Right, because what happened? But, what happened in the the pandemic mania, where Rhea got completely humbled by the aura of Charlotte? She had to fucking mm-hmm. rethink and regroup herself. You know, at this point, mm-hmm. she didn't and moving on. But my point is, if Bianca is pacified to the point that Charlotte was for so many years, are we going to see that in ring improvement where when Dakota doesn't quite roll out the ropes the right way? that we have that clunk in the corner, you know, uh, the the veterans who run the matches make that adjustment on the fly to avoid situations like that. That's all I'm saying. Like, and that wasn't the only spot.
2: Yeah. I did point that out too when I was watching. I said, oh no. And please her lady, she's all, what are you talking about? And I was like, there was a missed spot that took so long for Bianca to figure out what to do next. That it looked like a spot that got missed and they didn't know what to do next. And, and that's like, that's didn't... a problem, and that's the kind of thing you never see in a Carmela match. She
0: will <laughs> keep moving. Um, <clears throat> and I don't want to talk too much shit because I think Bianca Bianca's character and athleticism, I think at this point, are stronger than they've ever been. It's just that piece that's missing, and oh, she's yeah. so engaging, and she actually feels more authentic now than ever before. Yes. It's just this wrestling part when she's not playing her hits right. The the whole yeah. lead up to the the KOD when she's not playing those hits, it's still a slug to get through. Um, I think but she's to your point, it was a better ways. Dakota match than before. Yeah.
2: I do think Bianca is amazing. I think I love her as a champion, but I'm saying that when they say she's about to break that record, I go, what? Yeah. Really? Like, I don't know that she's, Paraded as important as Becky was paraded or Bailey was paraded, and to be setting a record and for it to go almost unnoticed, something's not quite right there. She's not coming yeah. off as important as I think that she deserves to come off as, maybe is what I'm trying to say.
0: Well, here's a here's um, a question. Mm-hmm. Um Asuka from Rumble to Mania, character wise. Do you think it had take the title potential and it got too hot? And they they calmed it down. Cause I felt I, like when when she came out I'll let you answer go ahead.
2: I thought it was really weird that Asuka didn't win because I felt like the, the fire was there for her. And I felt like it was really weird. I thought I thought, oh, oh, this is where Bianca turns heel. Asuka's too hot. she's got the crowd behind her. They love all this crazy shit she's doing. She's not even doing anything. I mean, she's spitting on people, but like. All it takes is one hair whip from Bianca and she's heel again. You know what I mean? Depending on how it's done, right? Like, I mean, you can still be babyface and use your hair like when she's done it in defense of herself. But if she went on the attack like she did in NXT where she just
0: whip, whip,
2: whip and you're so like, fuck, what are you doing? Right. I thought this was Bianca about to turn heel that Oscar was going to either win the championship or Bianca was going to go full heel to retain it. And we got neither of that. And so I felt like that was a little bit of a weird miss. I don't know if they intentionally said, hey, Asuka's too hot. We got to cool her off and move her to the side. But I guess it wouldn't surprise me because, yeah, people were really fucking into what Asuka was doing.
0: It it felt like we were getting the NXT Asuka again, the one who was like infallible, who was so strong, so demonstrative, so intimidating. And then as the build became closer and closer, she was getting goofier and sillier with her approach to to Bianca. So when the match came around, I go, oh, man, that fire that I felt for Asuka winning, I don't feel that now. I think Bianca's mm-hmm. going to win this match. Yeah. And it it was, a, it was a letdown. It was a letdown. Yeah. It, not, not from Bianca retaining, just that build.
2: Yeah, the Asuka, it was an Asuka letdown. It wasn't like, oh, no, I can't believe Bianca's winning. You just go,
0: oh, I thought we had something with Asuka. Exactly, exactly. And to think cuz I I remember us talking about it um it might have been when Digi was on too that we're getting the Asuka that is capable of having that main roster run that we mm-hmm. thought she was going to have when she got the title from Becky when she was uh when she gave up the title to Rhea on on WrestleMania. You know like the runs that we don't remember of her on the main roster, you know? I thought that's where we were heading to at that point. But yeah. by the time Mania came around, it just felt so dull. That I was like, well, yeah, I guess I really don't know who's going to win this match. I thought it was going to be Oscar, but I really don't feel that way anymore. That sucks. Yeah. yeah.
2: Dude, I'm excited about Bronson Reed and the story with Bobby Lashley. I think that's been fucking cool. I didn't realize. I mean, Bronson Reed's a big dude, but when you see him next to Bobby and he looks big too, you go, yeah. "Oh, he's a really big dude.
0: <laughs> I like how they shoot his tsunami. Yes. Um, they get the Whoa. full presentation of him jumping off with one foot and they get him squared up in the camera. It, it's pretty cool. It's pretty so cool. Sad. I don't think they've done, you know, seamless work. But, again, this is something for Bobby Lashley to do without a title. This is something for Bronson Reed to do without chasing a title. They get to, you know, do this thing with each other. And uh, it's pretty cool. The match they had the other night, um, not this week, the week before, right, where the, it was the double countout and that's what's going really well so mm-hmm. i'm i'm yeah. liking it yeah for sure
2: yeah. chelsea green tony deville beat Meachin and candace yeah, uh overall i mean even i guess as we get to the main event of of that too i'm just looking to see if there's anything that we really didn't shinsuke's back i was excited about that to be honest uh, I liked his new coat thing. I liked him defeating that cap so quick. Uh, it does feel like there's a possibility, but at the same time, like you just said with Oscar every now and again, we get someone come back and we yeah. go, okay, there's something going on here. We could have something great. And then all of a sudden just kind of stops. Look at uh, Carmela. She came back and she started this little story with Chelsea green. And we were really hot for that. And all of a sudden Carmela's gone and who knows why. And I'm not, I have a feeling it has to do with real-life stuff, so it is what it is. But it's starting to get to a point, especially after we've had all those returns, as much as I don't care for them, but like Johnny Gargano and Candice and even Meechan, all these people came back, the Good Brothers. They come back and you go, oh, we're going to do some stuff with these people, and then nothing fucking happens with those people. But then they bring back Riddle, and he's in the main event all of a sudden. And you go, well... What's going on with everybody else who we thought was coming back for a big deal? Cross, what the fuck is going on with Karrion and Cross? He had that one TikTok Uh, promo that you go, look, his presentation in a bubble is so fucking cool, but around everything else is like, what the fuck is it?
0: You know, it leads to nothing. It leads to nothing. It's I I saw it and I go, ugh. Oh, I I said it before he did, right? I was like, oh, TikTok, huh? We're doing this shit again, like. what happened with him and Rey Mysterio? What happened when him and Drew McIntyre? Like, it just doesn't do it.
2: They just keep dropping all of this stuff. The problem is because like, he did the thing and I went, well, that looked good, but that would have looked good on Twitter. Like, I don't, like, what when is I,
0: it? The last one he did was Rey Mysterio, right? Yeah. How'd that end up? Rey Mysterio had a match at WrestleMania and Cara Cross wasn't on TV. Like, yeah. I, so why, why are you going back to this? Well, why are you doing this? why are you why are you creating this character like I had the problem with this similar carrying cross on NXt because I didn't find the person believable with the aura because the aura is like it teeters on supernatural mm-hmm. and the person's actions were very overtly physically intense mm-hmm. so if you're overtly physically intense and supernatural then you should probably should be, like, one-punching people or something. You know what I mean? Or, like, Papa Shango and people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or not needing and, a weird chokehold to win. Yeah. So, like, it just... It, I never really I, mean, I wouldn't want
2: to be in that chokehold. I'm sure it's fucking
0: devastating. But right, because his one-arm could choke me out better than a proper two-arm chokehold. Correct. Um, I believe that. It, it's... <laughs> He puts people to sleep while mimicking them going to sleep that's it's not it's so cold <laughs> no
2: it is I've been choked up with a choke like that
0: all right the point it. is point is no I don't disagree I don't disagree I'm just saying that just to, to keep moving forward because I take up all the time um I'm with you I don't get this carrying cross shit
2: and I want to and I like him I think he's a badass I think he's a cool dude in, in general but I'm watching it like okay. Like that looked cool, but now what? Like we've been let down too many times recently. Right. Right. And as much as you don't want to say it or admit it, I do feel like there's a residual letdown from Cody losing that took a lot of air out of the sails for a lot of people. And when we see shit like that, it just is amplified by that. Where oh, if you for had sure. other no, no, no. stuff that you were like excited about and was like, oh my God, but we got this, we got this. You go, well, this is going somewhere. Where this is going somewhere. The wind out of the no, sails on the Cody. I think is residual.
0: Why would I invest in anything on TV if the last thing I invested in didn't pay off? Absolutely. I completely agree. Yeah.
2: So, I don't know. Dude, it's been tough. It's been tough. And to be honest, I didn't reach out to you
0: until today because I didn't know if I wanted to do this. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, but Cody wasn't ready, and you still don't understand that. That's why you didn't want to do this. You were so upset Cody didn't win that your love for Sammy winning was completely washed away. Dude, that Sammy was Fucking so Mark. Cool.
2: Did you see the fucking, uh, after the little press conference after?
0: 1,000% I did. Where KO 87 seven Snickers. He
2: just kept fucking eating those Snickers. <laughs> like he was getting away <laughs> with it, dude. He would just have a hey. thing, and he's like looking above his, he, looking back and forth.
0: <laughs> Does anyone notice? <laughs> as he's crinkling dude, it. He got away with it in the way that I was like, wait a second. Did he just eat like 12 half Snickers? Because you never see him take it out the wrapper completely, right? Does he open it and bite one and put the rest away so he doesn't crinkle the entire wrapper and just keep opening new ones and eating a half? I don't remember him taking out the rest of the Snickers or seeing the empty wrapper go anywhere.
2: Look, as a fat guy, I can tell you exactly what he did. He ate it down and pushed it up with his thumb.
0: That way he wouldn't get chocolate on his fingers. And then he pocketed the wrapper and kind of threw that to the side. Yep. Put it it was so funny. You heard Triple H when he came out. He's like <laughs> he said, what do you say? Uh uh Yeah, we had to get to me. I didn't I thought we might run out of Snickers with <laughs> yeah. Kevin Owens eating them all. <laughs> Dude. Oh shit. But He's no, it so was good. awesome. It was beautiful. It was it was fantastic. And it's it's something we don't get from Kevin Owens a lot. You know, when he gets a chance to explain why he does this, to who he is with all of this you understand the pride he has in being a wrestler right um i'll name drop it i've i have before but um i'll i'll talk shit on her real quick alicia fox right after a house show we had drinks with her at a bar and i was i was in kevin owen's gear man i was it was when him and sammy fought at backlash or um mm. not yeah it was might have been backlash i don't know whatever it was, it was the battleground i think battleground yeah battleground it was leading to that match right it was a house show right before that so six years ago, seven years or whatever it was. And uh, she's like, "Who who's your favorite wrestler? I was like, oh, well, right now, like I'm really liking this Kevin Owens guy. I had the Kevin Owens shirt on. I'm wearing basketball shorts. On. She goes, oh, Kevin Owens. I'm a wrestler. I'm a wrestler. He takes himself so serious. I'm a wrestler. I'm a wrestler. I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. Um, I noticed that he had his pay-per-view haircut tonight, too. And she started laughing. And she was like making fun of the fact that he takes wrestling so fucking serious. But my point is like, That just made me like him more yeah. because I know what wrestling is. We all know what wrestling is. If you're going to take it serious to the fact where you care, so I should care, fucking A. But if you're going to go, dude, why do you care so much? Like Terry Funk, right? Take it easy, man. Like, you know, your buddy who cried. Like, this stuff does mean something to people in some way, shape, or form. So if Kevin Owens is going to put that type of effort in, absolutely. So that press conference, as much as – because I've heard Sammy kind of talk about the nuance of storytelling before, and he he went down that path on a bigger scale this time. I was like, cool, he's completely invested, always love it. Um, But Kevin Owens, like, trying to be able to express his appreciation for what just happened and not being able to find the words was so awesome. It made me feel so good – as a wrestling fan that I get to watch these guys do something where they don't think I'm the idiot for investing this kind of time.
1: No, oh, yeah,
2: no, for sure. That's nothing too is, um, I saw this one guy who's got a Twitter account that was just getting wrecked by a bunch of like, uh, wrestlers talking about the shit he was saying. Cause he, like holds himself to high esteem. And I saw another post where he's all like, Oh, you know, I did all these things. I did all these things. This is what makes my opinion matter more than everyone else's. Right. And then in, in the comments, it was all like, um, he said something like, Hey, you're talking about like, this is what the guy says, why he should be taken so seriously. And then he says, you know, it's, uh, fake athletes, fake fighting for fake props on a fake thing with fake results. And he goes, so no, I don't take it all that seriously. Like, and he just kept saying over and over again, why everything was fake and didn't matter where, on the flip side, you get the guys like Kevin and Sammy who know the same facts about how much of this is, is predetermined or whatever, or how much of it is not quote legitimate and take it very seriously to pay back the investment. They've invested so much of their body and life and time into this thing. And they remember when they got their payoffs as a fan on the outside They're trying so hard to make sure that we get that back. And I think that that is really fucking cool. The other part that I thought was amazing about Kevin Owens in that. And you still see it because you mentioned it before. Sammy still comes out last. I know that's not an accident, but I also have a huge hunch that that has been insisted upon by Kevin Owens watching Kevin Owens, watch Sammy get his recognition beaming with pride. I have I feel like that's why Kevin didn't say as much. He was giving the floor to Sammy. Kevin has been the main event guy for a long time. And Sammy was always not quite the main event guy. I mean, up until Brock Lesnar, Kevin Owens had the longest universal championship run. Uh, He's been the main event for a long time. So watching him, I'm sure of it. Insisting Sammy come out. Second insisting. Sammy says this all of their gear says Sammy and then KO. All of their shirts, S Z K O, like right. Kevin Owens isn't taking top billing on any of these things. And I have every reason to believe that that's because backstage Kevin goes, Oh, yeah, Sammy goes first, flips that around, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and it was funny too because on that press conference, he uh <laughs> he called out Sammy and he said, Well, you insisted that you come out second. Oh, no, he did that on Raw the yeah. Monday resume he's like oh well you said he'd come out second so you get the bigger pop
2: (laughs) and i felt like that was a dig because i felt like that wasn't true i felt like that was him saying it as a fucking knock because in the back he was like no dude you're going out second you know right right uh yeah and then watching kevin listen to sammy during that whole press conference go and go because you see kevin laughing at what sammy's saying because it's unbelievable when sammy goes like yeah i don't if they make any reaction at all, I'm pretty happy about that. Like, I go out there expecting no real reaction, and Kevin just starts laughing because he's right. all like, "You're the biggest baby face we have." Like, what are you talking? Right.
0: about? Right, right, and and to your people. point, Kevin's been there again. I mean, yeah. his first feud was against Cena for pay per views, yeah. not just one, multiple pay per views. <laughs>
2: yeah, and ironically, the first uh, main roster match that Sami Zayn had was against
0: yeah uh, Cena. Cena when he blew out his shoulder on the ramp. Yeah, so fucking funny. That's that's the match uh, real quick. That's the match where I like solidified myself that John Cena is one of the best. Was him against Sami Zayn when he took the blue thunder bomb and the way that whole match went. And and I understand a lot of it was Sami Zayn's popularity in that moment because I believe that match was in Canada too. Yep. That match was so fucking on fire. That by the end of it when Cena won, it still wasn't Bo Cena. I was like, man, that's fucking awesome. It was, it was such an awesome match. It was one of my favorite Sami Zay matches for a while. Oh
2: yeah, it's great, dude. It's great. But yeah, dude, I just wanted to uh,
0: <clears throat>
2: come back. I said uh, I even titled it, "Yes, Call It a Comeback," uh, because yeah, to be honest, the last ever since Mania, everything I've been watching has been like okay. I didn't even I saw people talking about it. I didn't even watch Seth Rollins versus Miz.
0: The Seth
2: character, it was good. I think needs, I think Seth needs a shift
0: in his character. It, it even felt like he phoned in the um the entrance and everything. Yeah. Um but match quality wise it, it was awesome. I was like, "Oh shit, this match was fucking fun." But it's gratuitous. Like what for, right? Um yeah. it meant nothing, but it was you know, it's, it's one of those things where maybe, I don't know, maybe they gave it to Miz because he did them a salve at the two nights at WrestleMania. You know? Um, Could be. I but... just feel
2: like that Seth, without trying to shit on The Miz, I feel like Seth deserves a much better spot than a match against The Miz somewhere in the middle. And a better spot than kind of this character that hasn't, doesn't make a ton of sense at this point it it was constantly evolving and changing little week by little yeah a little, little, little and now it just has been kind of static for a couple months uh we're on the other side of wrestlemania i want more for seth rollins but i also feel like his character isn't demanding more you know what i mean and you know from from either perspective, I feel like it's just, this is just where he's at. And it's, it's a bummer and not exciting. And I don't care to see him beat the Miz or lose to the Miz or have anything to do with the Miz. But I also want to see a small shift in his character. It doesn't have to be massive. I don't even like cut his hair and fucking come out serious. I just feel like that. I also felt like at his, so it was cool. His entrance at mania, but it was clearly piped in.
0: Yeah. It was too much. Like it, it, was, it wasn't it even was even close.
2: Off. Yeah. And it was like one of those things where it's all like you either believe the fans are going to do it and let them do it or you don't do that thing. And I kind of thought that it was like hyper self-indulgent in a weird way for what should have been a baby face there. Then he has that raw spot last week where he comes out, they sing, he leaves. And I know that there's a lot of fucking stuff about that on what was supposed to happen, how it was supposed to go. Seth getting mad, them telling him while he's in the ring, it's changing up and. I don't know what was supposed to happen, but that's what I saw. That's what I got. There's a
0: lot of people who think that they know what's supposed to happen. Oh, yeah. But But what I got was
2: he came out, he let the fans sing to him for a little bit, and then he left, and there was no reason. And then I got he's in this match with Miz, and there's no reason. And then I got, is Seth's character just a guy who comes out so the fans can sing? Because this is starting to feel, I know you liked him. I know a lot of people did. This is feeling a lot like Enzo to me where Enzo came out and people loved to hear him come out because they could sing along for a minute. But I didn't feel like there was a lot to the Enzo character. And I'm probably not giving as much credit as he deserves, whatever. But at the time I remember thinking he was cool for a minute and then going, wait, it's the same thing every week. And that's why we sing along. Cause we know what he's yeah. going to say. Yeah. This is feeling a lot like that where it's like, where are you going with it?
0: You know what I mean? No, I'm with you. I think actually, as as you were talking, I'm trying to picture what it looks like the next time, and I think, I think it does need to be drastic. You know, come out, come out in just a fucking SR shirt and and your tights, and go. I've been paying attention to the wardrobe and the song too long. Let's get this shit back on track. Yeah. I mean, imagine that baby face pop, right? Like people love. He is so fucking revered as an awesome wrestler that if you're going to tell us that all we're going to get is a plus Seth Rollins in the ring. <laughs> yeah. We're going to cheer for that too. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, there's I'm a not chance that, them. That he, Yeah. Yeah. But
2: yeah. I almost think that Becky Lynch needs to take some time off and get that lead a stench off of her. Cause at this point, I'm not excited about any of this stuff. Trish's promo was fine.
0: Was it the mic or was it her voice? That was cutting in and out the mic. It was the, it was the mic. It was cause it was so glaring that something was happening. And I didn't know if she was getting caught on her words, nervous, whatever it was, but I gave her credit for going out there for five minutes, straight oh, yeah. through, not getting flustered with the crowd. I said it the other day about someone else. Oh, a uh, Cora Jade in NXT. People are giving Cora Jade shit for not really, you know, cutting through on the promo. I'm like, she just stood there for seven fucking minutes, mentioned everyone in NXT's women's division, and didn't fumble at all. Yes, she didn't draw us in. No, there was no big pops. But you know what she didn't do? She didn't stop. She didn't get caught up by the crowd. And she got everything across. And I thought Trish did the same thing. Next one cannot be the same way, same energy.
2: Yeah. But also, after everything leading into Mania and Mania... I am so cold on the yeah. people involved in that story and, and it sucks because they are my literal favorites. You know what I mean? If you asked me to get a Becky Lynch tattoo two months ago, I'd be like, yeah, let's go. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's just, it's frustrating because it's gone from some of the stuff that I looked the most uh, excited for week to week to now. I don't know. I don't know what we're doing or what I'm supposed to look forward to, you know? Kira says, mention everyone
0: shouldn't mention Kiana
2: James. <laughs> she mentioned everyone. Sorry. She, mention,
0: Sorry. She's, okay. she she might have named 20 people and missed Kiana James. I apologize.
2: Did she mention Fallon Henley? Because <laughs> maybe she's just not talking about the tag champs. So that way she doesn't muddle possible.
0: up their, their I story. Know. I don't know. I well, no. Uh, Alba fire, fire and. Um, They're not tag champs. They lost when they lose. They're the tag champs. They won they won a Mania weekend.
2: Oh, that's good for them. That's good. They yeah, like it was They're an awesome team. look.
0: Yeah, it was an awesome look to have that happen. Um, to no, so your point about that whole thing, could you imagine Stone Cold, Hulk Hogan, and Ric Flair having this performance? Like, you Trish, Lita, and Becky are arguable legit Matt Rushmore women like you can have the conversation and and they are in that conversation and Hogan and Flair are not on my Mount Rushmore for different reasons on both but I I get the argument so if you take Hogan Flair and Stone Cold today at their ages are we getting this same style of performance I mean it's, it's 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 been rough
2: it's been really rough and it's been disappointing on top of every other disappointment. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and that's what I mean. Yeah. There's,
1: there's a lot of the fire atmosphere. with a lot of the stuff.
2: Yeah. The atmosphere shifted. And that's so what me I mean about like his timing, right? Because is, yeah, is Robert, there a chance?
0: Is there a chance right. real quick? Is there a chance real quick that a Cody win could have boosted the entire atmosphere to let some of this stuff feel a little bit better?
2: That's my argument is I think that there's yeah. a possibility that that could have been true.
0: Again, I we're not going to really
2: know until later on, but yeah. I even saw people post like videos from the thing saying, like Oh, see, this is why Roman should win because there was some people saying yay when the three count was. Right. <laughs> but it was kind of a yay and then silence. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it was a yeah. real quick, like, Oh, well, the match is over. And then it was like, Oh, Cody lost. You know what I mean? Like it was a real silent end. But and that's why kind of my argument where I think the, the really interesting conversation to be had over all of this is timing. When is the timing right? And do you sometimes make the the decision because the timing is right? Like the Daniel Bryan's, like the Kofi's, you know what I mean? Like you can really make a list of, of big time moments that didn't have long time effects because the moment was so important. Zack Ryder, Matt Cardona still talks about one of his favorite moments of his entire career was winning the IC Championship at WrestleMania. Yep. he lost it the next night. He doesn't the next the night to the Miz. Oh,
0: yeah, and it doesn't matter. And both were moment. awesome. Yeah, yeah, both were awesome. Yep. Um. Yeah, it's just.
2: I just think that the, that the timing conversation is a big one because I mean Sam Rimmer said an entire podcast once on the career of Bray Wyatt uh, up until it was the it was right after he was released and it was like the, this is the story as we know it to be full circle and the story was as he goes from NXT to that WrestleMania uh it was and then the timing was missed and he had to rebuild and then that everyone felt like that was the time and then he had to rebuild the fiend character was hinged on the idea that they never capitalized on the timing of the Bray Wyatt character when it was hot these are all these people. And like the John Cena story, it was all these, every rivalry he had was, this is how you deflated and set me back in my career when the timing was right. And he turned it into a creative outlet with The Fiend. But there is a huge argument to be made of what could be if the timing is right. And that's what I that's what I wonder. And that was my big takeaway from Cody was, but was that the right time? Because whether or not we had everything in this place perfectly from a strategic chess standpoint. It, do you have the full defense on the chessboard? but is it the right time to take the King? Cause it's there. You know what I mean? Like I have a shot for it, but do I wait because I don't have the best defense for everything else? You know what I mean? And we just won't know until the end of the game.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, and I agree, you know, all right. If Cody wins and Brock is the first opponent, what does that sound like? you know, on the internet, in the crowds. Oh, my God, here goes Brock again, right? Like, yeah, it, perspectively, maybe, right? Again, like you said, we don't know until it happens. And I'm, the again, the fact that we talked, this is how this works. You open my eyes to the idea of, well, what about the next time? There's this, this meteoric rise of a Drew in Cardiff, a Sammy in Montreal, a Cody at WrestleMania, who's the next one to have that moment where it's like, wait, it has to happen here. And then it does. But if it doesn't, what the fuck are we looking at next? I completely agree with that point. Um, but So we'll see. So we'll, we'll see. see. Yeah, we'll see. And I, but I'm, I, I'm not, I'm not uninvested in everything that could happen. I feel more invested in Cody. I, I feel like you, that there's this, wishy-washy thing around the bloodline and legato and all that stuff. I do think what could potentially happen though at WrestleMania backlash could be really fucking fun the way they're setting up these matches. But yeah. that's that's it. Like invested, worth it, all that? Maybe not. Fun? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Which, you know, hopefully that's the point. Could right? be considered a letdown. <clears throat> yeah.
2: But at the same time to kind of wrap it up on one other uh, argument that I saw out there was that at this point we got to have Roman hold the title until 2028 so he can break the Bruno original streak so he can have it for eight years or whatever. And I understand what people are saying, because then you have the ultimate and to be honest, shout out to stat guy, Greg from the GP podcast. He's made the argument several times. <clears throat> the idea being that you now have someone young enough that by the time that that happens, you can have an ambassador who is, The By all metrics that we count anything, and again, from a kayfabe standpoint, every metric is the greatest undeniable of all time, who has a good 40 years ahead of him to be your ambassador as the greatest of all time by every metric. That is a good and important thing. My question is, for everyone, especially you, who said that it wasn't the right time for Cody because the investment in Roman is so big and the importance for the bloodline was so big, What's different about Roman at a 1,000 days and 2,000 days? If Roman is who you say he is and Bloodline is who you say they are, does it really derail the importance of Roman to have lost in that moment? You know what I mean? Like, if Roman is the guy, then whether it's 1,000 days, 900 days, 6,000 days, no one on the outside is going, yeah, but he didn't break that
0: one. Right, you know what I mean, right, right. I, uh, that's why I think I think John Cena tying Ric Flair but not passing him probably isn't as important as John Cena holding the title for that ten years. He was the most relevant person in in the entire world, you know. So to to the same point, John Cena probably should have broke that record during that decade of yeah. twenty ten to twenty twenty. You know, um, I Cena also proved he didn't have to. Exactly, exactly, and that's what I was getting at. I don't think Roman's at that level, though. I don't think Roman's at that point, that crossover level where he is, and mostly because his name is Roman Reigns, it sounds like a TV character. It doesn't sound like a person. You know, so that's kind of hard, too. But I, I do like that argument. I I don't think what you just said, I think, though. That's In crazy. this particular moment, Roman and the bloodline yeah, yeah. are at, at a specific level. But with the Usos losing, it cuts the blood down, <clears throat> bloodline down a bit. So if you devolve the story the same way you built the story, then you have the opportunity to get rid of the power of the character. You, have, you present vulnerabilities. So the same way you show strength in Cody, you show vulnerabilities in Roman, and then you meet at the point where it is the right time in both characters to have that happen. I don't have a problem with that. I just didn't see that at this mania point. And if you rush both of them, then you have a character who got the lucky punch, so to speak. And then you can have a Roman to win it back because why would he lose? This guy got the lucky punch. Uh, so, I mean, anything can happen because it's wrestling. They can do what they want. I also don't think – I think the fans, if that's what you want to call them, they're the ones looking up these numbers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Again, same press conference. Right? Or the next night, press conference, Roman and Paul Heyman are sitting there and they're like, uh, Roman goes to Paul Heyman. What'd you call this? The third inning of a nine inning baseball game that we're at right now? Like a thousand days? We were thinking about that 300 days ago. We're not even focused on a thousand days. We're looking so far down the future. So the way they're laying out the story for themselves, we're seeing it unfold on TV. I don't put any onus in any record because the record holders currently. I don't find them to be captivating in ring. I think Charlotte has way too many holes in their games. I think there's an overrated aspect to Ric Flair only because most of it happened before I was born. Mm -hmm. Everything after I was born, I really don't see the value in Ric Flair except for he passed on the knowledge to so many wrestlers and it helped them in their career. Hey, Mm -hmm. I appreciate that. But, like, I think Ric Flair had, what, six of his titles after 85 when I was born and maybe three of them after 93 when I started watching him on TV. So, like, he's not that guy for me. Anyway, if that happens with Roman, I do think that's cool. The same way the Usos and the New Day are the two greatest tag teams of all times based on statistics and in-ring ability. If it happens with Roman, cool. That's awesome. They're, they're already pinning Gunther as the greatest Intercontinental Champion of the last 23 years. That's awesome. It doesn't always feel that way because of how important the IC title was back in the day. Yeah. But when you look at the catalog of matches he's had, if you put the Gunther DVD together with this IC title, you go, fuck, man. This is a pretty good DVD. So.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um... I mean, and that's one, too, where I think the record is making the guy there. You know what I mean? He's got to wrestle his way to get there, where I think Roman. It's both. Roman was kind of already the guy 600 days ago. You know what I mean? So that's I don't know. True. I just <clears throat> thats what I'm just saying is, is I think that the way Roman presents himself, I think that the story does need the title in a lot of respects because of the tribal chief character, head of the table. This is to put money on the table, all that kind of shit. Right. I get all that. I just don't see the difference between 940 days and 2,028 days. I agree. Uh, from a realistic, if he's the guy you say he is guy, none of that is going to matter to the people who you think it's going to matter to.
0: Well, that's also why I don't think the number matters to anyone. So when the, when those numbers get brought into the conversation, I don't think that's a factor either. Because to your no. point, it's it's been this important for the last two years.
2: Yeah. Also, one of the things that made John Cena, John Cena was not the title reign or how many championships it was his number one make a wish thing. If Roman did less in ring and more at charities, he could be where John Cena was already. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think it's a numbers holding the title. I think it's a numbers actively doing charity. From the ambassador aspect, from the ambassador aspect, that makes people go, he's the crossover ambassador of all time. I don't think anyone looks at John Cena and says, "Well, he's less of an ambassador because Roman held the championship longer." Right? He didn't have a nine hundred day, he didn't have a thousand day reign, so he's kind of a less than guy. Probably don't want him to do as many make a wishes anymore. Let's get somebody more important. Like that's not happening. You know what I mean? I I think I think that those record things is such a weird. I mean, it's a fun argument because it's neat information, but I think it's like people are putting too much weight on it.
0: No, I think when you factor everything in, like that's the thing that should make John Cena the number one of all time. Like, he's not my favorite. I don't think he's the greatest and all that stuff by all things that I like. But when you factor in everything that touches wrestling, like John Cena should be number one because of how globally popular he was across the world globally. Yeah. By being just a wrestler and having that kind of impact on people's lives. And then seamlessly handling all the wrestling stuff too, like you know what I mean. So, but no, I, I, I hear you, and and Stack guy Greg's point does make a lot of sense from a record book aspect. But how many people in Bruno's day were important that we still talk about today? I
2: was going to say that too. Was but it really good it...
0: for the business? You know.
2: Yeah. And then there's always the argument that he didn't have as many magic square sellouts. Like, it's a misleading number. And I don't know about all that stuff. I just wasn't around. I'm not as as educated in that. I'm not this historian. But and the only reason I say who who do we remember outside of Bruno during that era, was it good for everyone? It's just that's a that's a young perspective that we have because we weren't okay. around during that. Um, because, yeah, at the time, Bob Backlund and Pedro Morales and, and a number of other long-term champions at the time, Nikolai Volkoff, like they were all massive and they were guys who were Billy losing Grant. to him, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, they the, you know, the villain who lost to Bruno were also very notable, right? But iron chic was kind of made in the Bruno in my mind. I mean, to be honest, like I said, we're, I don't have the history there, but if I were to ask yeah. John Arezzi who was made during that era, who else was important, he's going to go on and on about a dozen, two dozen people that he remembers watching and loving to watch at that era. Because Bruno brought in the people, right? Right. So it's not that he didn't like kill the business, but when you do look at like long term, what do the younger fans think of and know of? Bruno comes up a lot more than someone like a Pedro Morales. You know what I mean? He just does. Yeah, and Pedro had the second longest run.
0: It's going to be something like that for us too, because I mean, when you look at the Rock and Stone Cold, they'll always be synonymous with the Attitude Era, and then Triple H really made his bones um, after they were done with mm-hmm. the transition into ruthless aggression and you have guys like Kurt Angle who always get brought up, but people like Ken Shamrock who were so instrumental at that time. And yeah. then you get down to the New Age Outlaws and, you know, the rest of DX and China and Xbox and all that. We definitely miss out on so many great performers in WCW because the NWO was so polarizing. Yeah. That is there is there value to having someone bigger than Everything for the rest of, you know, like Randy Orton and Batista will always be synonymous with John Cena because they were presented just as great as performers as Cena was. I mean, Orton has 14 titles, you know, to Cena's 16. Batista yeah. was synonymous with Triple H for so long. Brock Lesnar is an entity on his own. So, like, you know, every era is going to have its people. Uh, so I, I would i would definitely hate to see some get washed away which is why the tag titles losing their importance for the women could help these other stars solidify themselves but we're just not there um you know we'll see but yeah
2: i do think it's interesting timing and we're gonna see how it all plays out and i just i don't know i was trying to see if anybody else was feeling that a lot of this stuff seemed a little stale and i think that i even was told the argument when i said why did it feel like Sammy and KO having a promo with the Usos, why did it feel so kind of stale and flat? And the person's response is like, that's exactly why Cody shouldn't have won. It would have been the same kind of flat. Because once you do the thing, once you have the moment, it doesn't matter afterwards, right? And I was like, no. I mean, to a degree, probably. Because you go from a high, you're coming back down. But it doesn't mean like they're just revisiting what they did six months ago is the problem, I think. Right. Right. Um, Right. But... I, that's why I kind of wanted to talk to you about it because I know that you had pretty um, terrible takes on a lot <laughs> of this stuff. And so, um, yeah, holding you accountable. Now, uh, the idea that there's so much more to this than just was is the Cody story ready versus was that Cody moment the time? You know what I mean? Like that's the conversation, I think, because the fun part about that is none of us going to know until Cody has his moment. And then we can no. look back – and the problem yeah. is, like you said, half the people are gonna watch it and be like, yeah, but I would have liked it more then. Yeah. And that's yeah. always gonna be a thing, which is also something you have to take into account when you're talking about timing. If well, and here's the thing too, out, will they care
0: later? You also go revisionist this history, right? Take Bianca beating Sasha, right? What a moment. What a moment oh, yeah. Bianca beating Sasha, right? How was her run up until that SummerSlam? Yeah. So fucking bad, right? Yeah, was 26 seconds oh my god i can't believe this happened worst thing ever and as you'll hear on terrible wrestling takes podcast on all platforms i said it was the greatest thing that ever happened to Bianca. it turns out it was it gave her that adversity right the moment of her beating becky was good but it wasn't as good of a moment as her beating sasha yeah she's now from that mania to the next SummerSlam. She, she solidified herself as a main eventer, as we've talked about her character, her um, her ownership of who she is in the ring. Her presentation is so much better than it was when she beat Sasha. But she has the moment and she has the gravitas, but it took two and a half years to kind of merge all those together. And, you know, is that worth some of the sacrifice that would happen with the men's title, no offense in any way, shape, or form. Just, you know, speaking kind of that way, I I don't know. I don't know. Would it be worth Cody only holding the title for six months and it didn't work? Look at Seth, right? Beat Brock Lesnar twice. It means nothing. Yeah. It so, doesn't. you know, it, it it could be. The moment, the moment when Seth beat Brock Lesnar to open WrestleMania in what he he beat him in like fucking 45 seconds?
1: The moment was, yeah, was like fucking
0: crazy, right? Yeah. The, the crowd went fucking bananas. Couldn't believe it happened. He lost it and won it back by SummerSlam. Like, it just yeah. wasn't there. Um, so it could be anything. The moment yeah. could be worth it. It could not be, and we don't know until we get the moment. So I'm here for it. I'm here for it, but I'm glad that it went this way for now.
2: Because right. I think as of right now, I think that it was a bad call because I think it's deflated a lot of the rest of the story. It just seems to be holding the show's hostage, I think, in a weird way. You know what I mean? That looming. Oh, that's, or, and that's fair too. But we'll see. But we'll see Saying, how I mean, can you capitalize is the is the thing.
0: Well, and that's to your point, which we never talked about. Is the moment better for the entire roster or the story? What makes more sense? Mm-hmm. If it's gonna add juice to the entire presentation of the show, then it might be worth doing. And that's not something we talk about because we don't really we don't... I mean, we overanalyze enough, but we don't overanalyze the entire product to go, well, if you do this over here with this match, it's going to benefit this match. You know, that gets a little too far in the weeks. But I can get on board with that perspective, seeing how the fallout from Mania was.
2: Yeah. So we'll see. I'm still watching it. Um, we, Me and Mance Man and Jane both stopped watching NXT and AEW. Um, so we're going to start watching... We've watched Rebellion. We're in discussions about... Finding another show because we think we're going to bounce around between Impact, Ring of Honor, MLW, and um, NWA, and just kind of like have fun watching that stuff and see what what the, what everyone's up to around there. Uh, just because AEW's gotten so tedious, and uh, just, I think uninspired is the nicest thing I can think to say. And NXT has gotten to the point where we. When we like something, we can't figure out why it's still in NXT. And when we don't like something, we can't figure out why it's still in NXT. And so there's just a big gap between they're so good, they should move on to, you know, they've been here forever. Are they just not good enough and I missed it? Um, Or stuff's just so bad, you go, how can this be on TV at all? Like, it's just a weird, weird product at this point. With a lot of potential candidates you know
0: yeah the last thing i'll say uh, as you're trying to push me out for the last half hour um the last thing i'll say braun breaker turning heel after this nxt pay-per-view um it made me instantly think oh this is what they should have been doing test out the babyface version test out the heel version send them up Hmm. because the heel the heel makes no sense he loses the title he snaps but not even like a snapping sense that made sense but as I, as I watched a little bit of it, because I was trying to get back into it, I go, oh, okay. They're just trying to see if the heel version works. Can he do heel too? This is the place you do that at. This is where you experiment with the characters. You know what I mean? Um, well, it's pretty they, they the a Jade. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I agree with that. But the moment he lost and then his first stories with Chase U, I I was like, fuck off with that. I have no,
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> not at all. not. Yeah. Mm. I have not seen, I mean, outside of the women, I don't think the men are doing anything that I'm interested in at all.
0: Uh, It it doesn't look good either. But that's a story for a different podcast.
2: (laughs) But they're all very talented. And that's what is also crazy is you watch it and you go, well, this is good enough to be on the main roster or this is so bad they need to cut bait and they don't. Like they let the bad stuff drag on and they keep the good stuff too long. And so it's just to a point where we just, we're, we just finding ourselves uninvested. And so we decided we're going to give ourselves a break from both of them. So we are reviewing tomorrow impact rebellion pay-per-view. Uh, like you said, Mickey and Josh Alexander both had to, uh, relinquish their titles due to injury. So we'd get new champions. Um, there was some cool shit going on with Chris Bay over there, but we're gonna talk about it all tomorrow. Uh, so guys come back, do a little like and subscribe and the notifications. So you can find out when me Miss mismanaged Jane, <clears throat> We'll have a drink together. Uh, Bishop, thanks for coming on and having a drink with me, man.
0: Yeah, you got it, buddy. Thanks for uh, thanks for hitting me up. I don't know, about a half hour before we started. Uh, I was glad to get on here and chat wrestling with you. Spew some terrible wrestling takes. If you guys out there would like to check those out, at, at TW Takes Podcast on Twitter, twtakespodcast.com. Terrible wrestling takes on all podcast platforms or here every once in a while. We'll see what happens now that you're back.
2: Yep, we're back. Call it a comeback. This is season four. This marks four years of episode ones. We're going to be back tomorrow night right here in the die bar of the IWC for a brand new episode one. Bishop, that's the last call. Cheers.
1: producer lady here thanks for tuning in continue to support us or buy us a drink by following and putting the i and subscribe on twitch or subscribe and review our podcast on apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us cheers i would never have a drink with wrestling on the rocks